Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Tales from the Crypt and yet another episode of Happy Horror Days, brought to you, of course, by the wonderful people at the Preach Network. Now, if this is the very first episode that you're tuning into of Happy Horror Days, first of all, welcome. Thank you for taking time out to listen to the show. We appreciate it here at the Preach Network. And allow me to give you a little bit of an explanation of what to expect from Happy Horror Days. Now we're in year three right now, and basically what we do every December, we start releasing an episode every other day, starting on December 2nd, leading all the way up until December 24th, giving you the 12 nights of Happy Horror Days, kind of like the 12 nights of Christmas. And what we try to do is highlight like a different movie each day, give you like a little bit of a mini synopsis, sometimes we'll play the trailer, and kind of just give you enough information to inform you that there's a movie out there that you may or may not want to check out and then you know you make your decision based on uh, on that and hopefully of course your own research and then you you know maybe if you're lucky we use the hashtag happy horror days over on twitter so we can talk about kind of what you thought of the film that's that's the goal and then at the end of the day we're all presented with the gift of hopefully a new edition uh you know of a holiday horror movie now this being the third year we've already like kind of run the gambit with a lot of like the holiday horror hits um you know we've done a lot of like the big movies like gremlins black christmas like we've covered them so this year i thought to myself i'm like you know i really want to do a lot more independent horror holiday films because they are out there and they are out there kind of in droves uh even just checking out some of the major streaming platforms there is a lot of stuff out there definitely worth your time to take a peek at and you know one of the movies that is in that same you know that same wheelhouse of being a holiday horror film and definitely worth your time to take a peek at is i'm dreaming of a white doomsday and if you've listened to this series before you know that usually each year here on happy holidays we're lucky enough to get one of the writers or the directors or the producers on to talk to us about the movie you know that they helped create and that of course is what's going to happen in this episode where we are joined by mike lombardo he is the writer and director of i'm dreaming of a white doomsday uh, and in our talk which we go on for about 20 minutes we're lucky enough to have mike kind of tell us a little bit about the process of making the movie itself uh from its uh production to some of the things that were going on when it came to like writing and conceiving the story what makes christmas uh, and holiday horror so important to him uh, we find out about kind of like all different aspects of the movie so it's a great way for you to find out a little bit more about the film about him about the creative process uh, and you know even get a little bit of a visit from uh, the girl scouts in there at one point which is a uh, pretty interesting because we all love Girl Scout cookies. Cookies go well with Christmas. So, you know, why not? Plenty of awesome, great stories from Mike here in this interview. So please stay tuned. Take a listen to uh, the, the conversation that Mike and I have, and then check out the show notes for all the different ways that you can go and support the film and watch I'm Dreaming of a White Doomsday. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm fortunate enough to be joined by Mike Lombardo, uh, the writer and director of I'm Dreaming of a White Doomsday. Mike, I want to just take a moment to thank you for taking time out of your day uh, to come over here and join us uh, on the podcast. I'm happy to be here, especially talking Christmas horror, which is one of my favorite things in the world. Oh, you, you and me both. And of course, perfect for, you know, this time of year. I took a peek over at uh, your website, uh, which if I'm not mistaken, realsplatter.com. Is that still correct? Yep. Awesome. Real is too easy, like a real film, because we shoot digitally, so it makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> 
I've seen that you've done um like a like a good deal of like both horror and horror comedy before. Um, what was it about like Christmas horror that like made you want to kind of delve into that like special sub genre? I guess. Um, yeah, all my old stuff is horror comedy. Uh, Doomsday was our first, well, not only our first feature, but our first like really serious uh, project. Um, as to why Christmas horror, I have an unhealthy obsession with Christmas horror. Um, since I was a kid, I love Christmas time. It's my favorite holiday, um, even more so than Halloween, which I think a lot of people are surprised to hear. Um, but I have such a wonderful nostalgia for Christmas and Christmas movies and uh, especially Santa Claus. I just have like, a, I've always, I mean, if you watch all the old real splatter short films, Santa Claus pops up quite a number of times in various uh, horrible capacities. Um, but I mean, I grew up watching like Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Christmas mm-hmm. Evil, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I just, I love, love Christmas horror. I think the two, it just goes together so well as a subgenre, like horror and Christmas. Yeah, I'm, I'm, w- I'm with you. Um, how, um, Christmas is definitely my favorite holiday too. I mean, as much as I love horror and as great as Halloween is, there's just something about, um, you know, about, I guess like that, that magic of the season. Uh, and, um, and there's so many movies, like, like you mentioned that, um, that like kind of just fit into that, like that are horror that happened to take place around Christmas. And, uh, I mean, I grew up with gremlins and gremlins is like, you know, that's the, that's the oh, movie yeah. that kicks it off for me. I know that's like the, the, the big Christmas horror movie, but like, you know, that movie poltergeist, like when I was a kid, I watched those movies on like pretty much like loop <laughs> all the, t- oh, yeah. all the time. Oh, big time. Uh, so I feel like they kind of just work their way into my brain. Um, what's interesting, I feel like, well, there's a lot of interesting things about I'm Dreaming of a White Doomsday, but kind of what, uh, what what caught me is that uh, this movie has like a little bit of a different tone to it than most of the Christmas uh, horror movies. You know, it's not quite like a slasher. It doesn't kind of like, it doesn't really have its like pedal to the metal going so much. It's more, I guess, of what some people would consider like a slow burn. Does that sound right? Yep. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The way that I pitch White Doomsday to people who have not seen it is The Road Meets Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> um, I think that's probably like a perfect description of it. It's a very, it's a slow burn. It's more of a really, really pitch black drama. Um, there's some horror in it, but it's definitely not a slasher movie. A lot of people go into it assuming it's a slasher movie. And by about the midway point, they're just like staring at the screen like, oh God, what is this? Because <laughs> it's not... Uh, what they thought it was going to be, because it's a very dark movie. It's very depressing, I think, is probably the best uh, way to put it. But, yeah, I wasn't interested in doing a slasher movie. I mean, I grew up on that stuff, but, um, you know, when I was writing the original short story the movie was based off of, um, I was going through a lot of really dark personal stuff with my family and everything, and uh, it kind of all manifested itself in this in this story, and I didn't think it would really fit to have, you know, kind of the more whacked out, holiday uh horror fair like there there was originally some scenes in there that were a little more crazy but i i cut them because it didn't we didn't shoot them i mean rather uh they just didn't it didn't fit with the tone i wanted to keep the the dread and the claustrophobia going yeah that that definitely comes through like in in this movie and i'm probably in the same camp as maybe some of the other people that you mentioned where um you know you you might have thought because i i just what really pulled me in to to be honest when i first saw it when i came across it over on uh amazon prime uh was that you know that that poster that artwork 
um, oh, yeah. it, it just it just stands out, and uh, you know the the mask it just kind of like screamed my bloody Valentine to me, uh, and I saw that, oh, yeah. and then I see him holding um, you know the the snow globe, and so I'm like, okay, like what is this? Like like what is like I need to I gotta I gotta, I gotta watch this, and then once it starts, uh, and it starts like you know it's com- coming from a completely different you know direction from what I was thinking, and like you know by by the end of it like i kind of thought i was off the hook for a second and every everything might have kind of worked out as much as i thought it was going to and then not not so much and uh like the, i don't i don't want to get into too many i don't want to get i don't want to spoil anything you know for anyone who's going to go ahead and watch it but i mean it's definitely there's definitely a lot of moments in here where you're like you know where it just it just hits you and you're you're just kind of like grabbing yourself being like no don't, don't let this happen <laughs> Yeah, that, uh, well, so first off, the poster, uh, that was Mark Schellenbach from Fate of Start Designs, who actually designed our, our poster for our short, our Lovecrafty and short film, The Stall, as well. Um, I'm a huge fan of his stuff, and he has a very 80s VHS aesthetic, mm-hmm. uh, which I, of course, I grew up as a video store kid. Um, so we were sitting down to design the poster. I told him I wanted the 80s paperback, pretty much, um, which is kind of the feel we went for. The mm-hmm. actual original design for it was a skeleton hand holding um, the snow globe. And literally, as he I approved the sketches for it, and he started to work on it, they released the first poster for Krampus, which was the clawed hand holding the snow, which is literally oh, identical yeah. to the poster that we were doing. And we had to scrap it at the last second, and it turned into what I realized later. I'm like, oh, shit, this is very My Bloody Valentine, which is one of, you know, I love My Bloody Valentine, of, of course, course, so it was not a bad thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, when, what you said, it was funny about, um, watching the movie and just be like, Oh no, no. Uh, <laughs> when we do live screenings of this movie from the festivals, it's always good to just kind of like, I always just pick a random spot in the theater and sit down and, you know, just watch the movie with people. And I was at a screening in Philly, uh, last year at Christmas time. And there was, uh, there was a woman in front of me who I don't know. She obviously had no idea who I was because I didn't go up until after the Q and A, but, she soon has one scene in particular when things start to take a really bad turn and she's just muttering under her breath. She's going, no, 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 no. <laughs> like for two minutes straight. And, you know, it was, it was hilarious to hear people like react that way, you know? And then usually by the time the movie is over, it's like when we did our world premiere at Nightmare Film Festival, um, there was silence when the credits started rolling. And I'm, you know, this is the first time anyone outside of the immediate cast and crew had seen the movie so I'm slinking into my seat deeper and deeper trying to figure out how I can get to the emergency exit without anybody seeing me. Because <laughs> uh, I'm like, well, we fucked this up. You know, this is terrible. And the lights come up and like one person starts to clap. And I'm like, oh, cool. It's going to be like a slow clap situation. And then they stop. <laughs> and <laughs> they call me up for the Q&A. And I'm just like, I'm like taking the final walk. I'm like, oh, my God, this is humiliating. And there's this entire theater full of people that are going to laugh at me. And I get up there and I look out and everybody's crying. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was just the mountain of relief that washed over me. I was like, oh, man. Um, so it's, it's, it's a weird movie to watch with a crowd because the, the reactions, you know, it's not like a, a crowd pleaser. So it's, it's very strange to sit and watch uh, that with random people. 
Yeah, I could, I could see that. And I mean, you describe it like, I mean, obviously you describe it well, but um, that comparison of the road meets Miracle on 34th Street, like I've seen Miracle on 34th Street and I've, I saw, I remember going to the theater to see the road when it first came out, like the movie. And I remember just like, oh, just like, it was just like one moment after another, after another, like things just keep going, like getting worse. And I mean, and you just you know at the end, and then it kind of ends, and you're just like oh, like like it's like that journey that it yeah, that it takes you on, uh, it's just it's just rough. Uh, but like the fact that you know you're able to make people like feel that like from you know the, the movie that you created, like that's got to be a huge sense of like accomplishment, even though that's a rough uh, feeling. Well, yeah. When like I said, when we when I went up and I saw people crying, like then that became kind of the norm at every festival. And then I'd have people coming up to me afterwards and they would talk about how they lost family members. And the whole movie is about grief and, you know, kind of the death of innocence. Like we, as adults, you know, we shield children from the realities of the world and we try to preserve that sense of magic with the world. And we shoulder that burden. And that was some things that I was going through at the time, my mom was in the hospital with stage four kidney failure, and it was. I mean, she recovered. Obviously, she ended up working on the movie too. But I, that helplessness that I felt while she was in the ICU, I wanted to get that across in the movie. And I didn't know, you know, this is the first time I had done anything like dramatic. I mean, all of my my short fiction that I've written has been very dark, but as far as filmmaking, I've always done horror comedy. So to see people reacting that way and then have them come up afterwards, that it's like you absolutely like nailed what it feels like. To be in a situation like this, like, I mean, I've had strangers just sobbing, hugging me. And like, it's just, it becomes like these, these screenings almost become like these weird group therapy sessions, <laughs> I feel like sometimes, which is really, you know, at first it was kind of like jarring, but now I'm just like, wow, that's really awesome that, you know, you can convey an emotion through a film and people can understand what you're going through and they can relate to it. And I think that's really powerful as opposed to sounding like a pretentious douchebag. I mean, I just think that's, that's really cool. Like, I did not expect that sort of reaction from this so that was very very cool to see yeah it's got to be i mean even like even though it's a a a powerful reaction and like a a tough one to deal with i imagine it's similar to like when somebody makes a comedy you know and they want everyone to be like you know laughing and like you know uncontrollably this is the this is in a way like the polar opposite emotion but the same (laughs) type of reaction that you're hoping for you know No, absolutely. I mean, I guess I guess a, a, a crowd of, of crying people is like a standing <laughs> ovation for us. Um, there but you, it, yeah, there you it's, go. it's kind of it was funny. We we recalled um, the anti feel good movie of the year by a couple of publications and stuff, and I'm like, I kind of take that as a badge of honor. I'm like, no, it's kind of that's kind of what it is. You're right. It's like the anti comedy. It's like although the movie, I mean, I feel like there's some some lighter moments in it, and I didn't want yeah, it to be are. like misery porn. I mean, to me. It's a very, it's actually a really lovely story. I mean, it's very dark, but it's it's really about what you would, you know, what a mother will do for her son. It's all about the magic of the season of Christmas and everything. It's all the the warm, nostalgic stuff just kind of put against a backdrop of post apocalyptic world and starvation, um, you know, as one does. <laughs> <laughs> You mentioned that uh, that this is where your first uh, feature, um, but I noticed you took it. You were able to take it to like a bunch of different uh, like screenings and festivals, um, and like it's done a lot of showings. Um, what what was that process like of like taking it like kind of like all over? As it seemed like it, when I was looking on your website, I'm like you've been to like all these like film festivals that I've that I've heard of and different conventions and things like that. Yeah, we were really lucky. Um, you know, we we finished the movie. We had. Um, 
<clears throat> a couple places had contacted us about world premiering, and finally we settled on uh, Nightmare Film Festival in um, Columbus, Ohio, which I'm really glad we did because that was definitely the right crowd for it. Um, from there, we ended up winning um, Best Actress there, and we were nominated for a couple other things. But from that festival, that was kind of the springboard, and um, several other festivals started contacting us. And the more places it played, the more other festivals would approach us and feel like, hey, we really want to see this. We've been hearing about it. And I think total I – mean, we've had a lot of screenings as well, just like private screenings. A lot of places would set that up, and we did, like, especially around Christmas time. Like, actually, um, I don't know whenever this is going to air, but Saturday the 14th it's actually playing in Baltimore – as part of a Cryptimus uh, thing from Chris Martina, who is the director of Call of Gorilla Cthulhu. He's running an event. We just had a screen in Tennessee a couple of days ago. Um, so we had a lot of private screenings. We did a lot of festivals. And I think we were really lucky because we won, I think, seven awards and we were nominated 14 times out of that. So that's really like the biggest honor you can have at a festival is if you win an award, you know, it, it definitely helps get more press and then more festivals you're on their radar and they want to see what the, the fuss is about. So we were very, very lucky to um, get those kind of accolades. Also our executive producer was Brian Keene, who's a really well-known horror author. And we were very lucky to have Damien Maffei playing the dad in the movie, who is um, the uh, lead killer in the strangers pray at night. And mm-hmm. uh, the new movie haunt that just came out a couple months ago. He is the guy in the devil mask. He's that killer. So, he went on to do those movies after White Doomsday. Um, so having his name attached definitely helped get us some more press as well. Um, but it was a pretty wild experience just traveling across the country with it. Um, you know, we went to every festival we went to. It's kind of like it's, you start to run into the same people at every festival and the same movies you end up playing with numerous times. So it becomes like a weird little like road family. Um, so that was really cool. And a lot of these people I'm still friends with today, and now I'm actually involved in a lot of these festivals, like, uh, for instance, Genre Blast, we won Best Picture there last year. After the show, they asked me if I would like to be one of their horror judges, so now I judge for that festival. I ended up taking over as Fest Director for Scary the Care Film Festival, and I run the horror, um, the horror Night at the Lancaster Film Festival now. So it kind of all mixed together, and, it, you know, so out, even outside of just the movie itself, it got me a lot of, uh, it opened a lot of doors for me, which is really cool. So the fest world's a, it's it's a it's an interesting thing. It's kind of like it's it's almost like living with a carnival. You know, <laughs> you kind of travel around and stuff. It's it's a strange a strange way to spend a year. I uh, I can't say that I recommend it to everybody, but it's uh, if you can do it, you should definitely do it. It's it's fun. Oh well, yeah, well, I mean, it seems like it like it's worked out uh, really really well for you because in addition to being at all those festivals and winning all those awards, um, like the movie itself, like I first came about it on Amazon Prime. But I saw on uh, your Twitter that it's also in stores now, so people can go and buy this. And it's at, like, a lot of, like, really big stores. Uh, yeah, so we signed – we ended up uh, – we got a lot of offers for distribution, um, and we went with uh, Scream Team releasing, which is kind of – I pitched them kind of like the criterion of uh, – or Scream Factory of indie horror. Because uh, Justin Seaman, who directed The Barn, which is a really great yeah. Halloween movie, you know, speaking of, of uh, uh, holiday stuff – um, he started a company basically under the guise that he knows what it's like to be an independent filmmaker and what he wanted out of a distribution deal that he wasn't getting from major companies. So he started his own label and he's super film filmmaker friendly. So it's one of the few distributors that approached us that wasn't like a complete overt trap. 
if most of it is just throw out there is is they're you know they're just trying to screw you out of your rights. Um, but that's the topic for a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> but uh, Scream Team has been awesome. So we came out on Blu-ray and DVD um, last November. And then we just signed a deal through Screen Team with MVD, so we came out on DVD, um, and that's available online at Walmart, Target, Best Buy, uh, Books a Million, and then we just did our VOD um, through Amazon. I know it's on Xbox Live. Um, I don't. I think it's supposed to be out through Vudu, but it hasn't popped up yet. And there's a couple others um, that are on there, but yeah, it's pretty much available widely as of like two weeks ago. It's now available pretty much everywhere, which is really. Honestly, it's very surreal to see because, I mean, we spent three years of weekends working on this movie. And, like, my day job at the time was I was managing a pizza shop. So it was a really strange dichotomy to be working, you know, making people's cheesesteaks and pizza. And then on the weekends, shooting this apocalyptic movie, thinking that it's never going to go anywhere and it's a waste of time. You know, after you spend three years on anything, you have to you start to doubt yourself. And now... You know, I can go on like Walmart.com, and it's recommend. It's one of my recommended movies, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> well, we even had a VHS release actually through Scream Team, so that's even crazier oh, that's awesome. to me. Yeah, so, that, that's yeah, that's gonna be wild. Very cool. Yeah, to be able to walk into like an actual store and pick that up, that's that's great. Yeah, so we actually did um, when we premiered the Blu-ray. Um, we actually did a big signing at our local Fye, uh, which was really awesome. So we had like a huge event for that and that was just like really surreal because I you know I've been shopping there since I was a kid um so that was really cool to like be in the mall and doing it I'm like wow we really made it you know we're we're at the mall signing in a store that sells physical media which is completely dying off month by month <laughs> yeah in a way you know? but you know like I feel like the audience especially that you know you that that you made this movie for like if anybody's gonna buy it on physical media it's gonna be you know it's gonna be them um Exactly. No, absolutely. I'm a huge, I'm a huge collector myself. So you know, that's what I like about Scream Team too is that they're they're really big on like extras and all that stuff. That's what I that's how I learned how to make movies is behind the scenes and commentary tracks and all that. So we're very, very into that kind of stuff. So physical media hopefully will will outlive us all because it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. But again, that's a topic for a whole other <laughs> whole other podcast. But. Yeah, I'll cross my cross my fingers on that one. Um, I have to. I gotta ask you because uh, uh, kind of just before we uh, wrap up, over on your about me section, uh, I see that you also have uh, a Girl Scout uh, filmmaking badge. I do, um, and I also actually have one for the Boy Scouts now. Ah, since that bio was last updated. So uh, there was a Girl Scout troop or a Scout leader, I guess, who contacted me. She was a fan, and uh, you know, mutual friend through some horror novelist that we were both friends with and uh they had just started a digital movie making program within the girl scouts i guess for a merit badge so they asked if i would be interested in having a troop of girl scouts come to my you know my studio and if i could show them you know some things and everything and then eventually that evolved into why don't you guys write a little script and we'll shoot it and so they came down i gave them a tour of all my special effects stuff and gave them uh kind of a rundown of how movies are made and then we shot the girly master which i believe is all online um on youtube i think the boy scout one wolf pack um unfortunately is not online but um yes yeah, so we, we taught these girls how to shoot a movie we they wrote their script it was like a slumber party the one girl gets possessed by bloody mary and ends up uh poisoning and killing her <laughs> scout mates and i mean it got very graphic for you know 
11 year olds and i was like are, are we allowed to shoot this and the scout leader's like yeah they, they wrote it and i'm like all right <laughs> so you know flash forward a couple hours i've got a whole girl scout troop coughing up gore in my living room i was like all right this is cool so they um they uh, i got a package filled with girl scout cookies a letter from everyone thanking me and they gave me a merit badge um, so I am now an honorary member of the Girl Scouts. I have a, I have a t-shirt they got from me too that says man enough to be a Girl Scout, which I wear with pride. There you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, then it was cool because they actually ended up scoring a couple interviews with some online magazines and they got to like, you know, do a podcast and, you know, talk about what they learned of filmmaking and like just the look in their eyes when they were, they found out they were going to be interviewed for, so it was just, so it was such a cool thing. I was like, man, this is what it's all about. You know, like these kids. Hopefully this experience will, will, you know, foster a love of filmmaking or at least an interest in it that they will pursue later in life. Like it's such a, it was such a cool thing. And I'm really honored to have been able to be a part of that. That was, was very cool. Yeah, that's great because I mean, without that, you, you never know. You never really know, like you know, what you what you might be into until you until you try. And you know, if they didn't have that experience with you, who knows? There might be one, you know, one of those like scouts there who is like super into it now because of that process. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, watching them like as they were, you know, during the movie, I immediately recognized there's a couple of them like you could definitely act. Like this is great. One of them really fell into the role of directing. One of them was really into the writing, and it was just really cool. And like this, it reminded me of seeing me at that age. And like this is how I got excited about this stuff. So it's it's great. I'm really looking forward to seeing you know what they do in the future. I really would love to see them pursue you know the arts some more. That would be really awesome. Definitely. Well, Mike, I want to thank you uh, one more time for uh, taking time out to come over, uh, you know, on the podcast, talk to us a little bit about uh, the movie itself and the process uh, behind it. And just so that everyone kind of kind of knows, like, where are some of the best places one more time where people can go and uh, watch the film? Uh, so the best place, if, if you're a collector like myself, dreamteamreleasing.com, there is a Blu-ray available that has uh, two commentary tracks, an hour-and-a-half-long documentary called Armageddon from the Cheap Seats, which is literally entirely behind-the-scenes footage, like day-by-day day of us shooting this movie for $10,000. So if you're a filmmaker or you're interested in learning special effects or low-budget filmmaking, definitely check that out. Um, also, it's available on VHS there. Um, if you want to go the VOD route, um, Amazon Prime has a for rent and purchase, um, Xbox Live, a couple other VOD outlets. Honestly, I don't really do VOD myself, so I'm not super familiar with the other sites, but I know they're out there. Um, if you want a cheaper version of the movie, DVD, go to Target.com, Walmart.com, um, Best Buy, Books a Million. They all have it um, up, and uh, I believe it's also available on Blu-ray on Amazon, but it's more expensive uh, for some reason. So it's actually cheaper to get it directly from Scream Team. You can also get autographed copies through Scream Team as well if you wanted me to scribble all over your box. Um, but yeah, definitely check it out. If you're into post-apocalyptic uh, movies, if you like Christmas horror, uh, check it out. Uh, box of tissues not included, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah it's uh, definitely, definitely recommended if you're watching this. I'm going to do my best to scour the web and find all these links at all these different places and toss them over in the show notes. So if it's something that you're looking for, I'm going to try to make it as easy to find as possible. Much appreciated, sir. No problem. And uh, once again, thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you much. It was a pleasure being on. Uh, well, pleasure to have you.